Welcome back to the Melrose Place podcast, where we rewatch, recap, and analyze every single episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. I'm Dan Hill. Let's get started. Season 4, Episode 3, Blind Ambition. Air date September 20th, 1995. It's good to be back. It is really good to be back. I gotta say, I was missing Melrose Place. I was too. Although we had a really nice break over the holidays and we saw a lot of friends and family, Mm -hmm. it was weird not watching it every week like we usually do. We'd be driving in the car to like your parents place or or my mom's place and i would just bust out with like what do you think matt would have done if blah 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 (laughs) i'm always thinking about them you really are and you just start (laughs) you bring them up mid-sentence like i should know who matt is like you'll just say you know if kimberly did this and that do you think that she could do that too and i think that you're talking about somebody (laughs) in her real life and i'm trying to rack my brain to say who do we know that's named Kimberly? They're our friends. And then I realize you're talking about Melrose Place. They're our friends and we love them and we keep tabs on them wherever we are. Well, let's get into this episode, shall we? We shall. We get a an exterior shot of Melrose Place. The rebuild is in full swing. Renovations are underway. People are painting blind uh, window sills. We've got a guy that is cleaning the pool so hard. That pool is black and... It's disgusting. Yeah. It's really bad. But we we, we go, go ahead to Allison's place, which is Jane's place. Right. She is... her. She's in the kitchen with Billy. Billy and her are drinking out of... Toy teacups. I didn't notice that. It look they are like toys, dude. And Allison looks great. She for being blind and losing her sight, I'm telling you, her hair and makeup has never looked better. Her the game is on. Maybe she should be blind all the time because this is the best we've seen her look throughout the entire series. Maybe she had like hair dysmorphia. (laughs) <laughs> and she thought she thought she was combing her hair great, and it w- and it looked like the mane. But now it that she's like blind, it's all good. Yeah, and her makeup is perfect. She is rocking that brown lipstick, though. She lost very ninety. I think she lost some lbs too. She does. I look really a, do. She looks very svelte. Yeah. Um, there's one problem though. She is missing. She she's buttoned her shirt, but she missed it a little bit. Right. So she's got her she's got her tatas kind of kind of peeking out for Billy. But luckily Billy's there to help her. So uh, she first starts the conversation by saying that she's no longer wearing her three blind mice 
glasses. Right. The standard issues. Yeah. I'm, I guess, you know, <laughs> the people in the higher ups of Melrose Place were like, why are we making her wear this? This is the best she's ever looked. Why are we ruining her right. face? Yeah. She's in this full conversation about how good she is at being blind and self sufficient. But Billy says, oh, well, looks like you need a little help buttoning. <laughs> she's like, oh, gosh. Dear me. <laughs> So Billy, like, like this is a button problem that can be fixed in two seconds. Yeah, about two or three but seconds. But he does. A, he takes care to tuck her in. He's like touching her waistband, and he's saying, "You're well, let's co- get you out of these." <laughs> now you're coming <laughs> to the party with Brooke and me over for D and D tonight together, and that's final. As Brooke just barges into Jane's apartment to witness this little exchange. Bursts it in. I, you know what? I'm not blind. I, I hope I never will be blind. But I am almost certain that I would be able to match the buttons. I don't know. There was a big flap missing. I'm not blind. And whenever I wear a button-up blouse, like, I'm going to say... It happens. Five times out of ten, I miss a button. Maybe it's different for dudes, but typically, those I know where those things are. Eyes are not. So, Brooke barges in and says, oh, you're dressing her now? What's next? Sponge baths? So, she's not happy to see her newlywed husband all up on Allison. I wouldn't be either. Would you? Look, if it was my husband... No, of course, I don't want you to see... I don't want to see you helping another very attractive girl getting dressed, but... Your ex-fiance? Yeah. uh, Fuck no. No way. Brooke has every right to be pretty pissed off here. And then, so Billy's like, no, that's not the case. Now, Allison (laughs) couldn't be, like, cooler. You know, she's, like, cool as a cucumber, and she's like... Oh, Brooke, would you like some coffee? And Brooke is like, no. And you know what? You better get a seeing eye dog if you want to continue having help because my <laughs> husband isn't going to do it any longer. So then um, th- at this point, Amanda comes down to break up this sort of this standoff. And uh, she comes to get Allison for work. And she's like, Allison, are, are you ready? And, um, uh, you know, Brooke and Billy, they run off. And then Amanda has her her line where like she's like, boy, Billy really likes you. She got the ring, but seems like you've got the sickness and in health part, <laughs> which is pretty true. And that is the cold open. Now, did you realize that Amanda got a new hairstyle as well? I didn't. A lot of these characters, like especially the women, all have those like flippy out hairstyle that was really popular in the late 90s. They've all, they're like a lot of them are rocking it. Hmm. Amanda's got it. It looks Sydney's like that layered it. thing. Yeah. That layered like yep. Rachel from Friends. She's doing the Rachel, guys. She was the Rachel before the Rachel. She was. She was the OG. Uh, so we get our, we get our credits. We got our hacky sack guy. Got an aerial shot of LA. And the, the song that was playing over this. You love this. It was like, what are you waiting for? 
come on and talk to me. You know, I would love to take just like clips of all of your interpretations of these songs. They sound exactly the same, and it's the same voice every time. Because I think, I think by like when I write it out, I think that by like the amount of exclamation points I use, I can sing it verbatim. But like we watch this, and then a day and a half has passed. Yeah. And I have no idea, so <laughs> I might just go with it. Come on and talk to me. Now we get an we get an interior shot of two legs all tangled up amongst sheets in a Ugh. bed, and it looks really gross. I have to like I am not a fan of this shot. Yeah, and we no. pan up and we see it's Jane and Richard, and they're in bed together, snuggling. And Jane asks, "Do you regret getting involved with me?" And Richard says. Well, I just couldn't get through the last few weeks without you. On the contrary, I, I'm very happy I got involved with you. But it, I do get a wave of guilt, Jane, <laughs> when I'm with you. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, he should get a lot, a huge, massive wave of guilt. Because yeah. if Jane wasn't in his life, Mackenzie Hart wouldn't be dead. It's very true. Like if he wasn't running around on her and having an affair and going to her apartment where Mackenzie had to go run after him, Mackenzie wouldn't have been caught up in that awful explosion, explosion which She'd caused never got her the brick. <laughs> never got the brick to the head, never had the heart attack. Yep. It's all it's basically all of Jane's fault. Yeah. But he like he like kisses her and then like he finishes the kiss like he's mad he kissed her. And he like rolls over. Like, <laughs> I do get a wave of guilt, Jane. And he says, things are so different between me and you, but things are a lot the same. Like the sense of partnership I had with Mackenzie. And that's the reason I asked her to marry me. Richard talks like a third grader writes, <laughs> like in a love letter. <laughs> Does that make any sense? No, I kind of get what you're saying. You're very different, but it's all the same. (laughs) If you like me, check yes (laughs) or no. Now, Jane interprets this as Richard asking her to marry him, which I did not extrapolate that, but maybe I am slow on the uptake here. She's like, Richard... It's just too soon. It's too fast. We need to focus on the spring line. We're not in any position to think about marriage right now. There's plenty of time for romance after we drop the spring line. Yeah. Jane, she's got her her finger on the, the pulse of the business. Sure. She used to be the one. She's learned from, from Marchette. Oh, yeah. And uh, who was the other one? Robert? There's been so many. I think it was Robert, though, yeah. the lawyer. Right. She, she, she's learned her lesson, so now she's, she's all business savvy. Now, Joe, let, we cut to the next scene. Joe comes a-knocking on Jake's door with a cup of coffee. Now, if you don't remember from, last, from the last podcast, I was going to say last week, but we've been off for <laughs> a billion weeks. But from the, the last podcast, Jake is super hungover from his Jess's dead party. 
<laughs> and Joe even makes a comment to that effect. She says, well, I figured you'd be too hungover to put your own pot on, so I brought a coffee for you. Mm. And he happily takes the cup and starts drinking it. I, has, have we ever seen Jake hungover? I don't think so. I don't so. think that banged no. up. Yeah. Um, so Jake, they sit on the couch. He's like, you know, I got to thank you for for just being there with me at the bar when I tried to dance with the three women I've fucked on this show <laughs> and, and then went in, and then got dissed by all of them, then got punched in the face by Matt and then started crying because I splattered my brother on the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake says, you're my friend. I care about you. And then instantly they just start making out. They just start kissing, man. Now, Joe shows a little restraint and she says, look, we always fall back together when there's a crisis. We can't keep doing this. Maybe we just need to be friends. They're just, yeah, they're just better as friends. And but I'm, that's I'm not always true. like, why do you think you're better as friends when you're always, you have a magnetic chemistry, you want to be together, you do things together as if you're a couple? Why, why fight it? They're definitely not better as friends. So they both agree, okay, we'll just be friends. And then we cut to the next scene. Yeah, Jake's like, okay. Friends, it is. Yeah, we probably did. <laughs> you love that line. <laughs> if you don't remember, that's in reference to him having unprotected sex with a woman with AIDS. Yeah. <laughs> or Bobby or something. Oh, I forget her name. Perry. 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 And when Joe asks, Did you have sex with her without a condom? Yeah. We probably did. <laughs> That's a line I hear in our everyday life a lot. Oh, my God, Jake. <laughs> Just reckless. So reckless. So let's head on over to the psycho ward with Kimberly. Um, Peter walks into her room. He's like, how you doing, old girl? <laughs> She's still like psycho sexy. No pants. No pants allowed here. <laughs> 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 Kimberly isn't doing well. And she she says what I said uh, either a podcast ago or, or one ago where she's like, well, if you're not crazy when you get here, you're bound to be crazy when you leave. That's true. Because everyone around her is like, that's got to rub off. Yeah. <laughs> not, no TV, no pants. Seriously. <laughs> I can't stress to you enough. Don't wear pants for like three days. You're going to feel weird. <laughs> You're going to something in your brain is going to start like fucking up. You're going to start peeing your undies <laughs> and things are going to happen. All right. Do you know this from experience? I'm just thinking out loud here. I'm talking out loud. Now, Peter says to her that she's going to have to sell this insanity plea to the judge and that's really going to be the only way that she's going to get off of this horrible charge without like significant jail time. And you'd think with Peter's expertise and like doctoring that his advice to her would be a little less vague of just like pretend to hear voices. Yeah, be agitated. If we can prove you're insane, we can put you in a sanitarium and then petition for your release very soon after. Be mad. And hear things. <laughs> oh, okay. That'll do it. Well, Kimberly says that she starts, she started to remember things. Yes. And she, 
alludes to Mirror Buddy, <laughs> Kimberly. Kimberly, I, I'm inside you. There was a man, and he controlled me, and he was real, and he could come back. And then I love Peter goes, well, that's normal. Yeah, he's like, that's yeah, you know. <laughs> How is that normal? He's probably just. I'm sorry, Dan. your conscience. I've never had a man inside of me telling me to kill people. That is not normal. <laughs> and like yell at you when you're driving, Dad. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't, don't rolling stop. <laughs> that three point turn was reckless, Jenny. <laughs> okay. So now we're still at the hospital. But we are in the bathroom and we see Paul <laughs> washing his hands. And then not only is he washing his hands, but he like really cleans his mouth <laughs> in a public ass bathroom. Like who is doing this? <laughs> he like sprays like, water <laughs> on his face. Yeah, like But really. he gets a lot of it in his mouth. And as he's doing it, Matt like swoops in out of nowhere. Guys, what the fuck is going on? But Paul, like, he looks up like he's seen a ghost. And Matt's just like there with a towel. Like, towel, sir? Matt is like the bathroom attendant yeah. of Wilshire Memorial. He's got like a plastic dish of Jolly Ranchers and like seven... Couple colognes. Yeah, seven colognes from when you were in ninth grade. <laughs> Mouthwash right there. Here's your Tommy Hilfiger in cool water. I was once in a bathroom. I, I will never forget this man, but it, it was we were at a bar in LA and he was um, an African American gentleman. He had the best setup ever. Okay. And I was hammered drunk. He had candy, he had cologne, he had gum, he had a boom box and a tambourine. And <laughs> Like he was playing like reggae and he would just sit there and like, he didn't let your, your hands couldn't even get near the, 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 the faucets. Like he turned the faucet on he turned for them you? on. He turned them off. You, like <laughs> you needed soap. Bang. He was there. Tambourine still going. Me and this man had a long discussion. Oh God. Do you remember this? Like I, if no I one, was there, I was probably hammered too. No one in our group could find me. They're like, where did you go? I was talking to this man about like getting into the bits <laughs> of the bat. He was doing so well. He was cl- he cleaned up. His tip jar was full as shit. He was having a great time. Like tambourine, everything. He was singing with the music. It was a good experience. Matt is probably going to be his next next so- gig. Next sort of gig. You know, I spoiler alert. <laughs> Yikes. I was getting that mixed up with the time we were at that club in New York and you made friends with like the attendant there and there was a secret bathroom that they oh, would yeah. whisk you off. That's to. right. Guys, when I get drunk, when I'm not drunk, I have the bladder of, of a toddler and uh, I need to know where a bathroom is at all times because when I have to go, I just go, I've got to go. And so I make friends with all kinds of bathroom people. <laughs> and like, this was awesome because no one knew where the bathroom was. And I knew the guy who knew no, the but way. He would like take you through the back in order to get yeah. to like a secret bathroom. And I think at one point he was just like, just put your hand on my shoulder and follow me. <laughs> and we just like, 
we just fucking like trained through like this big group and they took me to the bathroom and I was like, come on guys, this is the way. Like, who is this guy? I'm like, it's Jack. You don't know Jack. Oh God. He's taking us to the bathroom. And then like we exited the club and it was like offices. And then the bathroom was right there. Anyway, long side tangent. But this was a very strange. I don't I don't know where Matt got that towel. I don't know why. Why did he offer the man the towel? Well, he could have just stood there and been like, what are you going to do? He wanted an in. He wanted to extend an olive branch, which was in the form of a towel. Now, Paul does not appreciate this. He's like, get the hell away from me. Just let me pass. <laughs> where are the? What year is this? <laughs> let me pass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the troll on the bridge. Yeah. Let me pass now. You got to pay the troll toll. And then Paul, Matt says, Paul, please. And then uh, Matt, he just, he says he got a letter from Paul's wife the day she died. Right. And in this letter, she was warning Matt that Paul was out to get her and him. She knew that he had something up his sleeve and he received this letter, but he hasn't gone to his attorney. He hasn't gone to the police with it. He realizes that he loves Paul. He wants to be with Paul and he will take the fall as long as Paul just admits that he killed his wife. And I was on board until he was until he was like, I still love you and I'm willing to do the jail time. Okay. As what? soon as he started saying that, I'm like, I know he's taping this conversation. <laughs> like <laughs> that is that's totally evident. Now they're having this convo and to his credit, Paul does not say anything incriminating. Nothing. He's like, well, you're the one that killed her. I don't know why you're asking me to go down for it. Yeah. And he uses the towel that Matt hands him. (laughs) I wouldn't use anything of his. So as Paul leaves, Matt pulls out the tape recorder to stop it. And So we know he was indeed recording the conversation. And like the amount of like crime shows I get a whiff of with you. Like Jenny's like queen crime murder documentary trial. I know you can't just tape record people and that'll that'll work. No. That doesn't that, there's no way that that just works. Inadmissible. Yeah. So we leave there then we head over to what we now know is the Mid Wilshire Professional Building. Oh, thank you for that exterior shot. Mancini Burns offices. Phones are ringing off the hook. Luckily, and Sydney's there. Sydney's on the case, wielding a nail file, juggling calls, pushing buttons. Um, and she's calling it Mancini Burns. Mancini Burns, please hold. Mancini Burns, it's like a telethon. <laughs> There's a lot Who's of calls that coming many in. Calls. There's a lot. Peter walks in and he demands, "Where's Michael?" And Sydney says, "Well, he's seeing his twentieth patient of the day, thanks to you. Where have you been?" He says, "It's Burns Mancini." <laughs> and Peter does take care to tell Sydney that she is not to ask him about where he has been. She is paid. Overpaid to answer the yeah. phones, and that's all she needs to do. And she does need to address 
the people calling as Burns Mancini, as you just said. Yeah. Um, did, did you already say that she said to, um, he said to not mention anything about Kimberly to Michael if she wants to keep her job? Well, that does come up. I didn't say anything about it. Um, she wants to know if Michael knows that Peter is spending all the company money to treat Kimberly because there's an invoice that came through from the sanitarium or the, I guess, the wing of Wilshire the, Memorial. The loony bin. Right. And, like, he's, from what we're gathering, he has not been treating her. He just, like, walks in there and he's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> I don't think he's. Everything cool? I think he's just, like, an <laughs> advisor to her. He just walks in. He's like, hey, uh, act crazy. It's like, motherfucker, I am crazy. <laughs> like, I don't need to act. Yeah, look, I have no pants. <laughs> okay, so we're back over to Melrose Place in Jane's apartment where Allison is in the kitchen. And if you thought there wasn't a lot of work going on outside of Melrose Place, now there's even more work going on. But they just can't seem to clean the pool. The pool, I mean, it looks... It looks like someone poured 10 gallons of Coca-Cola in. It's like in. a cesspool. Like anytime we Drain have a, a, a shot of the workers doing the renovations, there's someone skimming the pool and it never looks better. You're not going to skim away that They're not making any progress. <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, so someone walks into Allison's place unannounced and it's Brooke in black and she wants to chat. With Allison. And and Allison is like so polite to her. She's like, oh, hi, Brooke. Would you like to sit down? And Brooke kicks us off by saying, to begin with, this poor little blind girl act is getting very tired. And pathetic. Yeah. I suggest you become more self-reliant because Billy is my date to the event at D&D. And then she says, pardon the pun, but I guess we won't be seeing you there tomorrow night, Allison. So if that wasn't enough, she eyes a couple of cups and plates on the counter. And this was something that Allison had said in a previous scene that she says, I've I've become so self-reliant. I take all of my cups and I line them up the night before so I know that I can make my coffee and have it out. And Brooke just knocks them all off of the counter. Shatters them. And then just like looks at Allison and gives her a little laugh and walks away. This is like... Like mean girls. Yeah. Like, she's she's bullied her in Jane's apartment. Like these are Jane's cups. I know. Allison's shit is all on has all burned. And she even like Brooke like rubs her hand through Allison's hair and like Allison has to like swat it away all blind like. Like <laughs> she like rubs it. She's like, oh don't fucking touch me. Okay. You know, the thing that's that has kind of like gotten on my nerves is that there's never been a confrontation between Allison and Brooke about what Brooke did to Allison. Mm. I mean, earlier you said, well, would you like it if your husband was like helping someone get dressed? Well, of course not. But if you think about 
how Brooke treated Allison by lying to her, by sneaking off with Billy, by basically pushing her off into another continent. Does Allison know that? Yes. Oh, right. Obviously she does. So there's never been... She knows been, the job was a sham. Yeah, there's never been right, right, a right. conversation where it's like, excuse me, bitch, he was my man, and you came in, and you stole him. Like, uh, and... I don't know why Allison has to be this polite little, like, demure, oh, hi, would you like coffee? Hi, Brooke, please sit down. I'd be like, bitch, I'm going to sock you in your face. Yeah. She's she's the little princess. She She's but, the... She's the heroine. I wonder if it's a tactic because if she acts crazy like that to Brooke, that's not going to, like, win any favors with Billy. Yeah, maybe Jane's coaching her up. And maybe she's thinking, well, if I try to be like this, oh, I'm trying to be self-reliant. I'm just a little blind girl. Oh, but I need help and I'm sweet. Then maybe that'll get Billy back into her arms. Please, I can't button my clothes. Yeah, maybe it will. Uh, Next scene, we get a close-up shot of the tape recorder. <laughs> Whoa. So, so this can only mean that we're at Matt's lawyer's place. Right. Matt's playing the tape and the lawyer hears the tape <laughs> and then immediately stops it, pulls the, ejects the tape and then starts to destroy that breaks fucker. it. <laughs> breaks the tape. Matt lunges like, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" And, <laughs> and the attorney says, not only is it inadmissible, it's more damaging to you than it is to him. <laughs> You're kidding yourself if you think that this is going to get you out of this. Why don't you leave the investigating to me? This sends Matt into a tailspin. And he's like, You're telling me to keep it cool and to not freak out but i've already lost it yeah okay the thing about matt is he can go from like normal to like furious in less than a second this comes this is like surprising he's talking regularly and then he's like you're telling me that i need to keep my cool when i've already lost it he's like (laughs) two-faced he really is if he was in the pool right now, this would be a swim disc. Yeah, oh my God. It would be way more than a swim disc. Man, like, yeah, he is so aggressive. It's, and- it's surprising <laughs> that they let him near children. <laughs> and when he gets that mad, I get kind of scared. Yeah. Like, he's got a lot of rage. He punches a lot of people in the face. He's probably punched more people on this show than anyone else. But... Also, he's probably been beat up more than anyone yeah, else. Yeah, he has He has taken his licks. I he's will say that. He's definitely been at the brunt of two hate crimes. Did the cop beat him up? Crazy gay cop? Oh, he tried. <laughs> he tried. <laughs> Matt, yeah, God. Now, then Matt has, has to add some insult to injury by saying, no self-promoting overpaid attorney is going to tell me otherwise. He's being a dick, and he spooks his attorney. Now, and I love how she handles this. She doesn't dish anything back. She doesn't take the bait. All she says is, well, I'll be calling the public defender's office tomorrow, and I'm going to let them know 
your need for a new counsel. I can't properly defend someone who's deliberately damaging their own case. Right. He's like, I'm going to continue to find Paul at Go different undercover places. and then try to get him on tape. Yeah, I'm going to tape this massive tape recorder on my chest and just be like, hey, Paul, tell me about your <laughs> wife. How'd you murder her? <laughs> this is not helpful in any way. Like, no one would deal with this shit. Well, and I think, you know what? His attorney does bring some realness to this because I feel like that's how, like, a real person in the real world would yeah. react. They'd Ima- be like, okay, I won't be representing you anymore. Goodbye. Imagine, like, being at the dentist and, like, they're, like, trying to do your feelings and you, like, whip your head around and you're like, no, it's this one. <laughs> And you like grab the tools and you're like in there with it. Like anyone in their profession would be like, sir, you need to relax. Or I can't do this. Yeah. I'm being tried for murder. Oh, man. Matt thinks he's better than a lawyer. That's basically what it is. Yeah, it's true. He's going straight up vigilante at this point. (laughs) Now, the next scene is over at Joe's apartment where Matt is looking for a phone book because he has to hire a new attorney, of course. And again, he's defying his attorney because didn't she just say that she's calling a public defender for him? Dan, if given the choice of a public defender versus a private attorney, I think you'd probably want to go with a private attorney. Yeah. So he's rummaging around the apartment and Amanda comes to the door and she's got great news. Matt's apartment will be up and running in two weeks, but she also has a little words of wisdom that she wants to impart to Matt. She says, Oh, God. I want you to know, <laughs> Asperger's, that <laughs> although some people are not comfortable with your presence here, I'm okay with it. Even if you did kill that woman, it was a crime of passion. You're not a serial killer or anything. And then she has the audacity to end it with, See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Take care. I'm cool. You only killed one person and you were just really angry. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like you have 10 bodies in your in your uh, closet. Totally fine. Hey, even serial killers start with one. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's a great point. Oh, <laughs> it's only one. We'll see. Matt's got it in him. Now, for sure. <laughs> he's got that rage. Yeah. He's a dynamic fellow, that guy. Okay, so we have as she's leaving the phone rings, Joe picks it up and it's Paul on the other end and he demands to speak with Matt. Matt takes the phone and all he hears is Paul say, we should talk and then come to my house tonight and bring the tape, bring the letter. Oh yeah. Bring the letter. Yeah. And, uh, Matt just like, well, all right, I'm going to go. We're back at the Looney bin wing of Wilshire Memorial and Peter has brought in, I don't, I guess like a professional psychiatrist to diagnose Kimberly with what could be ailing her, what kind of mental psychosis she could have. And he says, I think that this is a manifestation of schizophrenia. And Kimberly is just laying on the bed, just repeating things to herself softly over and over again. And then she tells the doctor like not to talk. And then she rolls over and looks at Peter and makes like this face that's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I tried. And she like shrugs her shoulders almost like, was that good? <laughs> so the psychiatrist asks Peter if she can have a word alone outside. And he's like, yes, of course. So they're in the hallway and he asks, well, doctor, what's your diagnosis? And she says, there's nothing to indicate that this patient is criminally insane she just has a case of bad acting. Yikes. So this is not good. And Peter freaks out. And like he suffers from like voice modulation at this scene because <laughs> I'm like, he's like, sorry, doctor, this is a misdiagnosis. <laughs> like he screams it for some reason. He's upset. He's really upset. <laughs> um, but the doctor's just like, Whatever, I'll see you'll get my bill. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, you're gonna get this bill in the mail, bitch. Um, now we're at Mackenzie Hart. Um, Jane Jane wants Joe to be the resident photographer. Right. So they're on an interview. She hires her on the spot, and Joe admittedly says, you know, Jane, I didn't realize that you have the authority to hire people. I mean, won't other departments need to see me? Do I need to meet Mackenzie? And Jane's like, nope, I'm pretty much doing everything around here. I got this. And Joe's a little thrown off by this. And she's like, well, I mean, where's Mackenzie? Is she dead or something? Making a joke because, Dan, you pointed this out. For some reason, Joe is not aware of the fact that Mackenzie died. Yeah, but she should be aware because (laughs) that brick hit, like, a lot. She was involved in the explosion. You'd think that she would have an idea as to the outcome of everybody involved within that tragedy. She lives, like, right near Jane and Joe. There's, there's, She lives right near Jane. There's been no conversation, like, oh, yeah, I'm dating. You know that guy... (laughs) <laughs> that was here. His wife died. Because she came running after him because right. he was having an affair with me. She had an instant heart attack after getting hit <laughs> she- with a brick. <laughs> yeah. That was Mackenzie. <laughs> and then she's just like, be here Monday with your camera. So, well. That's all a photographer needs. Well, first, first, she's like, oh my gosh, like she's dead. Don't you think you need to go public? And Jane says, no, we're going to go public later when it's appropriate. Joe voices her concern here and says that she doesn't think it's right that they keep Mackenzie's death from the public. And she, she's and like, this doesn't make any sense. What's Joe's? What's? I'm sorry, Jane. I can't work at places where the <laughs> owner dies and no one knows. Who gives a fuck, Joe? <laughs> you know, it's just not for me. <laughs> If the owner dies, I need to, the fans of that establishment need to know that they're dead. This doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> and she says to Jane, okay, well, I hope you know what you're doing. <laughs> uh, come to dinner with me and Richard to celebrate. Oh, yeah, bring a date. <laughs> um, also, Joe, Joe gets the like jobs like they fall from the sky. <laughs> There's like she doesn't do anything. I don't think she like even has to like answer wanted ads. She She like just shows up on the beach. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, sweet. There's like three beds and like a bunch of models here. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll be I'll just shoot photographing them. them. Yeah. She is the only game in town. She went from shooting homeless people in Skid Row <laughs> on a motorcycle. To being to, their resident photographer of like the leading fashion house in LA. Right. But and previously she was the lead photographer for the head uh, advertising agency. Oh, D&D. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then before that, she was nailing side gigs <laughs> and shooting that guy in the underwear. No, can we, how can we ever forget? <laughs> or without the yeah, underwear. Without the underwear guy. Oh, my God. She falls into dates and jobs. So Joe comes home. After, with Jake. With Jake. And they're not a couple, but he like they're palling around together, doing everything together that couples do. Right. Matt's left a note near the phone. Don't call the cops, but I went to see Paul. <laughs> so okay. dumb. So dumb. Um, so now we cut to uh, Matt at Paul's. Right. So he's just arrived. Matt rolls up like nothing's wrong. And he's like, hey, man, what's up? I'm so glad that you called. And immediately, Paul's like, I want the letter. Where's the letter? And did you notice the way Paul holds guns? <laughs> it's like sideways, like gangbanger style. Oh, hey. Like, what's up, motherfucker? <laughs> like menace to society. Like boys, like that. You can't shoot like that. I've learned. That um <laughs> um have what like <laughs> How? I mean you you can fire a gun like that but it will not be accurate apparently like that is not that's not a good way to hold a gun um but anyways he's like he's got it side cocked like he's done this a lot like out of a moving car at at like police but um so the, Matt's got a gun on him now Matt has a tape recorder Paul has a gun on Matt yeah. So Matt has a gun on him. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Paul, he's like patting Matt down. And he's like, give me the letter. And then Matt confesses, there is no letter. I just said that so you would, the, so I could get back in your life. And he's like trying to spin this lie. And but Paul like rips his shirt open and like pulls <laughs> This tape recorder that's held by like Scotch tape. Scotch. I think it's Scotch tape to Matt's like, chest. Dude, this is a DIY like entrapment. <laughs> and Paul's like, "What is this? You trying to tape record me? Is this amateur hour? You're wired to no one, Matt. No cop would oh, do yeah. such a shoddy job." Yeah, and then Matt's like. This is wired to the cops. <laughs> They're going to be busting in here any minute. And then... This is a fucking tape so, recorder. <laughs> the, the tape recorder is rolling. Paul takes it and into the microphone says, Oh, yeah? Well, if it's wired to the cops, guess what? I killed my wife. Matt <laughs> like, confesses on the tape recorder. And sure enough... Police burst in. Right. But we learned it's not because Matt was working with them all along. Luckily, Joe and Jake did call the police mm -hmm. and Matt's attorney, who shows up as well, <laughs> the original attorney. Who knows why the hell she's there? Oh, God. But upon entry, Paul takes the gun 
aims it at the police officers and just starts firing. And then the police put two in Paul's chest. Right. They fire back. Flying backwards. Paul is shot. This shit is crazy. Matt screams to the cops, I have a tape confession. <laughs> so Paul is on the ground, literally dying. The um, One of the police officers comes over and he says, look, your injuries are life-threatening. You're probably going to die. Is this guy right? <laughs> What's this guy talking about? I mean, is this, this guy saying that you killed your wife. Is that correct? And Paul's just like, you can see in his face, he's grappling between, should I lie or should I just tell the truth? Matt's screaming in Paul's dying face. Tell them, Paul. I don't want to go to prison forever. I didn't do this. Tell them. And then Paul's like, with several bullet like holes in his chest, he's like, he's right. I killed her. I killed <sighs> my wife. I set him up. I set him up. And then apparently that's it. That is all you need. He's dead and Matt's off scot-free. Done, Ski. He's done. Now we go to the D&D party that Allison's not allowed to go with Billy to. <laughs> <laughs> so Brooke and Billy are there and Allison is there on her own seated yeah. at a table. Billy doesn't give a shit about Brooke. <laughs> he like storms through <laughs> Brooks on the arm. Like, come on, where are we going? And Billy's like, Oh, I got to find Allison to make sure she's get here. And, um, he tells Brooke, I'm going to ask her to dance. <laughs> like, Okay, if we were newly married and you were showing this much concern over an ex-girlfriend, goodbye. Yeah, dude. She's why does Brooke want, like, why does everybody want Billy so much? Yeah, and isn't that offer still on the table to, like, ditch Billy and you get 100 Gs? Like, why aren't you doing that? <laughs> I'd be like, uh, all right. Bye. So, you want to hang out with this blind chick? And I can get a hundred grand if I just don't hang out with you. If I like divorce you right now, done. Where do I sign? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Um, So Billy, uh, Amanda's like, Amanda's like, yeah, that's a good idea, Billy. You should definitely dance with her. (laughs) And then he asks her and Allison with Brooks um, bullying and consideration is like, Oh, no, I shouldn't. And then Amanda jumps in and she's like, no, no, no. This is this is not negotiable. You must. You're dancing with him. You have to dance with Billy. And um, Brooke is absolutely furious. She just sits in that chair with just daggers. Just seething. Just daggers on Billy as he like walks Allison to the dance floor. And... Um, you know, they're they're dancing around. They're getting cozy. She's telling Billy how she's becoming more self-sufficient. And while she's talking. And, and she's saying, like, you know, they say, like, when you go blind, that, like, your other your senses other are senses heightened. Are heightened. And then it's like, you're not blind at all. <laughs> <laughs> and as she's saying that, she starts to kind of, like, the camera gives us, like, her view. And we start seeing, like shapes and they're really fuzzy but then they start coming into focus and then we cut to allison's face where we totally tell that that's what she's seeing she's regaining her sight as she dances with billy holy shit i don't remember this at all 
So I really don't. she doesn't know what else to do, but keep pretending she's blind as she does get a view of Brooke just looking at her with just so much hatred and, and utter utter disgust. Yeah, right. And it's funny you mentioned like this whole episode. Allison is in light colors and Brooke is in all black. Right, very clever to the wardrobe person. Yeah. Um, so her vision is clear and she starts tripping out on Billy and he's like, is this too much for you? Are you okay? Are you all right? Are all your buttons on right? (laughs) You need need any assistance? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, just no, Billy, just keep dancing. (laughs) So she doesn't tell him. Why does anyone like Billy? I'm back to no thanks. I don't know. I like Billy when he's mad at other people. Yeah. Not when he's all like nice and cordial. He did the same, you know, he did the same thing to um to Allison's best friend. What was her name? Susan. Susan. Remember he was like, come on, Allison's a drunk. I gotta like hang out with her. I know. <laughs> uh Allison just broke our entire apartment. I know, but I gotta make sure she's all right. <laughs> She loves it when her stuffed animals are in bed with her. So I got to go back down there. It's like, Billy, you're such a fucking douche. <laughs> I can't with him. Um, <laughs> so let's go back to Melrose Place. We're at Jane's. And Allison... Full, full vision, all good. And she's telling Jane everything, that she feels like she can't fake it. She has to tell Billy tonight. Now, Jane is just kind of like, honey, I think you should play that card as long as you can. Fake it till you make it. I got some, you want me to punch in your eyes a couple times? <laughs> we'll knock you back out. Um, and Allison's like, no, I can't. I've got to tell Billy tonight that right. I'm not blind. This is happening. Now, we cut back over to the hospital where everyone's having a welcome back party for Matt. Welcome back, Matt. You're not a murderer party. (laughs) So they're all hanging out. They're having a great time. Is dropped charges of murder a work event? Um, Is that celebrated? And, okay, then another thing, it's not like he wasn't at work. Like, even though he was charged with murder, he was out on bail, and he was still going to work. He was free to be the paper towel dispenser. And remember, he was there talking in the cafeteria? That's right. Yeah. Like, he's been going to work. So they're just welcoming. Yay, you're not a killer. You're not a killer. So... Uh, the Dr. Hobbs. The, yeah, the resident The, chief. like, director dude. Yeah, he shows up at the party, and he's like, Hello, Matt. Welcome back. And you can tell from the jump that this guy is not happy. He's kind of looking around incredulously, like, Oh, what's going on? Yeah, is this company money? Like, <laughs> where'd this cake come from? And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, D- Dr. Hobbs, everybody insisted on having this party for me. And, well, don't worry. I'm going to stay late to make up any missed time. And uh, I promise we're. How the- about all the doctors not doctoring? <laughs> At this emergency hospital. Um, so Hobbs takes him aside and he's like, look, Matt, 
I know you're off for murder, but that whole thing was not a good look for Wilshire Memorial. Your involvement with a physician resulted in two deaths, and you're going to have to treat this little soiree as your send-off party because you're fired. How are you going to get fired at your welcome back party? <laughs> that is fucked up. Well, Matt does. Dude. <laughs> I don't know how you could do that to somebody. Um, so Matt is out on his ass fired, but at least he's not in prison. Yeah. You know? Silver linings. Uh, so let's go to Amanda's office. Uh, Brooke is needed to file some papers, file papers that Amanda can clearly file. By herself. And Brooke even makes a comment. She's like, oh, no, Amanda. I love doing mindless entry-level work. (laughs) And Amanda's like, Brooke, you're going to need to adjust your attitude if you want to climb the ranks back in this company. So Brooke has the papers that she needs to file, and she attempts to open a drawer, and Amanda says, oh, no, no, that drawer is off limits. That file needs to go here. So immediately, of course, this piques Brooke's interest, and we know that this is going to be something we're going to come back to in the future. Mm-hmm. She's like, hmm, okay. off limits. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, now, Jake, Joe, Richard, and Jane are at the celebration. You got a job, Joe dinner. <laughs> a lot of celebrating in this one. Yeah. Um, Jane is ordering she the tells best bottle of wine they have. Yeah, she says, bring us your best wine. What kind of demand is that? I mean, and that could be thousands of dollars. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, Richard is super upfront about like how the hell did Joe get this job at my business? Yeah, he says well, Jane, since you fired my photographer that we've had on staff for years in order to hire Joe, what kind of a, a background do you have, Joe? I mean, what other fashion houses have you worked for? And why do you have one photographer? <laughs> you should have a couple. So to this question, Jake says, well, Joe just got really lucky. He just fell into it. And Joe takes offense to this and says, actually, I've been working with D&D, a top ad agency. I've done a lot of like my own freelance work and blah, blah, blah. I've done some fashion shows. And she kind of lists what's on her resume. And Richard is, he's a little dismayed about this. Like he's a little hurt about it. And he says, well, uh, it's even though we had a very talented person working in that capacity, congratulations to your new job. Now, Jane is kind of taking this like, oh, maybe I made the wrong choice. Like I made the wrong decision without running this by Richard before I axed the person on staff. Yeah. And we cut to Joe and Jake leaving the restaurant. And she's really mad at Jake for even suggesting that she's not qualified to hold the job with Mackenzie Hart. She tells him that how dare he suggest his new her new employer that she's not qualified. Jake's limp is really featured here. Um, in other scenes, he's not really limping at all. But in this one, he's like pretty bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, he should be because just days ago, he fell off a building. Right. 
Uh, and then before that, before he, that he got shot. Right. Um, so it, Jake apologizes and he says, look, I'm under a lot of pressure. After Sid quit, she was doing a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Including the books. Including the books. <laughs> she probably did. <laughs> Sid was doing the books, too. <laughs> Me and you were shocked about that. We're like, really? You would entrust her with that kind of a job? She... She was, there was only two servers. She was waiting shooters. tables. She was bartending. She was doing the books. Closing. She was closing. And I think she was opening too. <laughs> Sydney is but, like running that place. And poor Sydney. I mean, I feel like people just don't give her the credit she deserves. So Joe recognizes that Jake is pretty stressed. And she's just like, hey, Jake, so how about this? I know you're stressed, so I'll be your girlfriend <laughs> and do your books. Remember that conversation we had about how we're better as friends? Forget it. We're, we both need to know where we stand, and we should stand as boyfriend girlfriend. And Jake is like, sweet, let's make out right now. And he loves do it. this idea, yeah. Because he's like, wait, so you're going to do my books? And be my girlfriend? Hey, Remember last time Joe did Jake's books? Jake's bikes. <laughs> you remember what happened to Jake's bikes? Yeah. And you remember what happened to Joe's wall and refrigerator because of said books? <laughs> yeah, I told you I'm not good with money, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your refrigerator. Uh, yeah, this is bad. This is this is setting up for failure. Now we go to Billy and Amanda having beers. And Allison is about to walk up to Billy's to tell Billy, "Hey, I have my sight back." But she hears them talking and they're basically talking about the 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 problem that Brooke is having with Allison being blind. <laughs> and uh um, she says that she's noticed Brooke's tension at the office and uh, Allison overhears this whole thing. And Billy says, look, I'm not going to abandon Allison. As long as she's blind. Right. And so that's like the operative word. As long as she's blind. That phrase really hits home to Allison that. And she turns right back around. I want the attention that Billy has been paying me. Gotta I be blind. can't have my sight. I got to be blind. Got to be that damsel in distress. Must so be blind. She decides that she's going to keep this charade going. And like, what if someone caught her like walking up those stairs? <laughs> They'd be like, Allison, she just have to like fall down them. <laughs> Oh, she can be like, I'm very familiar with this apartment building. Oh, I've I've got it. Sense memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jane is super surprised that Richard dropped her off that night, right? Yeah. Like so Richard took her Richard took her home after dinner because dinner sucks so bad. And then he went back to the office. So she joins him at the office and she's like Oh, Richard, I was surprised that you didn't come back home with me. What's going on? And Richard says that he feels like they need some time apart and that he's thinking of canceling the spring line altogether. And 
like he Richard's like, we got to pump these brakes. But earlier he wanted to like marry her. And now things are like too, too much. Things are too much. He says that a lot of employees have been asking questions. So that is weird. Hmm. Maybe you oh, may yeah. not announce the death publicly, but like for people that work for you in your office, they're like, where's Mackenzie? Right. <laughs> they haven't told people that work in the office. And what is this expense for like a tiny tomb <laughs> 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 that she's placed in under a maiden ass name? Um, so Jane, she's basically like, look, Richard, I'm trying to show you how much you mean to me. I want to ensure your success. And that's when she takes the trench coat she's wearing and just drops it to the ground. Only to reveal she's completely naked underneath. Jane, looking good. We get some some back boob as Jenny described Well, you were saying it's side boob, but it's like you can see her boob from the back. I think it counts as a side boob. Because it's like, yeah. It's kind of the side. Yeah. But um yeah, that was that was a that was pretty cool. Um And then Richard just looks her up and down and he's like, "Why can't I say no to you? Why can't <laughs> I say no to you, Jane?" <laughs> oh yeah, it's cuz you you get naked in my office. <laughs> and I'm scared of you because my wife got hit with a brick and had a heart attack. <laughs> We're at D&D now. Brooke Makes a run at the off-limits drawer after looking. (laughs) She's like, I don't get this because she just walks in. She's like, I know these keys are under a desk. Yeah. So the off-limits drawer is locked. So she has to find the key. She's in Amanda's office. She's looking in other drawers, like looking to see how it could be taped up somewhere. And she finds the jackpot. That key is taped inside a cabinet. That she finds and she promptly unlocks the drawer, goes past all the files in the front because she has some sort of a intuition. Yeah, what's the thought process there? Like, that looks regular. That looks regular. <laughs> that looks regular. That one's crumpled. Oh, what's back here? Yeah. And she pulls out a file that's like been worn. As Dan mentioned, it is crumpled and you can, it seems like it's been handled a lot. And out falls an ID for Florida. For Amanda Parisi. And it has a Amanda Woodward's face on it. It's very strange. Now, during this, <clears throat> Allison peeks her head in and she sees Brooke looking at some files. And of course, she doesn't know that this is the off-limit drawer. Because now she's pretending to be blind. Right, and she, so Brooke looks up and sees Allison in the doorway, and Allison just goes, hello, is anybody there? And Brooke just stands there smirking, and then Allison just leaves. And Brooke thinks that she was never seen, and Allison is not the wiser. And did you catch what Brooke says? Of course. No, no one, you blind bitch. (laughs) Yeah, so after Allison (laughs) leaves... Um, she delivers that nice little she, zinger. She really hates Allison. She does. Let's go to court. Kimberly's crazy court date. The People versus Kimberly Shaw. Michael, Peter, and Sydney. Um, they're all at Kimberly's court case. Kimberly's parents, though, 
are not. Nope. No one who like likes Kimberly. Yeah, I mean, they were there when she almost died at the hands of Michael and they wanted to protect her. Maybe after she made the decision to move back to L.A., they just washed their hands of her. Maybe. Maybe. Um, But Kimberly's sitting there in her county blues and she looks at the the metal water pitcher on on the table and sure enough... Mirror Buddy shows up. Well, I think that this was prompted because there are two individuals that have come to the court date, which are Michael Mancini and Sidney Andrews. Right. They want to do <clears throat> make their their victim impact statements. They are victims in this, and they want to see that Kimberly is thrown thrown away into a hole, throw out the key. And I'm like, why aren't more people from Melrose Place there? That's a great question. Like, if I was Allison, I'd be like, yo, I'm blind because yeah, of this bitch. I'll be there. Like, Richard Hart should be there. Like, Mackenzie's dead. Because of you. All, they should all just be there. But so she takes a look at Michael and Sydney. And this kind of like triggers. Yeah. Triggers me or buddy to come back. Then she looks at the picture and boom, he is back. You're stupid to think that I was gone. I'm never leaving you. Kill your betrayers. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> now, <laughs> the prosecutor's like, this woman is not insane. And then Kimberly- Kimberly's like, hold my beer. <laughs> She's like, he told me to do it. He told me to do it. And she gets up, like, ju- like jumps on top of the chairs and lunges at Michael in an attempt to end his life. And then they're like, holy shit, she is insane. <laughs> she is crazy. And uh, they drag her off. And I think the judge is like, well, we can't continue. And then both Michael and Sydney seem pleased, but Peter sees it a different way. Yeah. He says, well, thank you so much for attending. Your, your presence here has basically... Solidified, solidified that she is crazy. You threw her off the edge and now we're going to get what we want. So thanks for your time. Have a great day. And they're both like, God damn it. <laughs> I thought she was going to prison. Now we go to an interesting scene. A random chick just shows up, knocks on Jake's door. And she's very attractive. Right. She introduces herself as Shelly. Hanson. And we learn that she is Jess's wife. She has come to Jake's doorstep to ask for Jess, and she has no idea that Jess is no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, Shelly Hanson is played by Hudson Leak. Uh, she is oh. <laughs> Hudson Leck or Leak. That's an unfortunate name. L E I C K. Like? Lakes. <laughs> Leaky Lake. Uh, she is known for Touched by an Angel, um, Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, uh, Xena Warrior Princess, um, Nip Tuck, and her last thing was something called Blood Type, and she was on Law and Order LA. 
So Hudson, welcome. Welcome to the show. Now, Jake breaks the news to her. She starts immediately crying and just Mm -hmm. walks into Jake's apartment like she owns the place and starts hugging him. Right. Which, I don't know if that would be my reaction, just meeting someone for the first time ever, but okay. We all deal with grief differently. Yeah. All right. Now we go to the final scene of the episode. Peter walks in to the county version of the loony bin. Right, the sanitarium that she's been hauled off to. And Peter thinks like, oh, cool, so now I can like chat with Kimberly again. Kimberly like really did a convincing job of pretending that she's crazy at the hearing. But she's actually now crazy. Um, She freaks out on Peter, starts hitting him, um, just like attacking him. Peter has to run out. They slam the door, and Kimberly is seen through the, the door window just screaming, You lied! You lied! And I love how the orderly just looks at Peter and goes, She's seriously nuts, Doc. <laughs> just, just bring that point home. So, sorry, little Kimmy. She is just gone. She is certifiable, and that's where we end the episode. You know what? It's too many days without pants. That's what did it. (laughs) That's it. That's what put her over the edge. It really, really is. So let's recap this thing. Brooke is beginning to feel more and more threatened by Allison. Jane hires Joe as the staff photographer at Mackenzie Hart. Matt tricks Paul, which only results in Paul attempting to murder Matt. Luckily, Joe found a letter from Matt prompting her to call the police. Police intervene and shoot Paul, and Matt is able to persuade Paul to confess to his wife's murder just before he dies. Wow. Joe and Jake are a couple again. Allison regains her sight but decides to keep that from Billy. Matt gets fired from his hospital job. Brooke finds an ID in Amanda's office, naming her as Amanda Parisi. (laughs) Kimberly's mirror buddy is back, and she convinces the judge that she's crazy. Jess's wife shows up at Jake's doorstep, and he gives her the news. Kimberly is committed and wants nothing to do with Peter. Yikes. That's a lot of stuff that happened in one episode. It's so much. It is so much. 90s moments. What you got? Um, The tape recorder, obviously. Duh. Allison's brown lipstick. I said it before. I'll say it again. Sydney's switchboard for the phone calls. Hmm. She's just like, it's just all like buttons. Mm -hmm. That's not how phones are now. Um, I noticed that all of the women in this episode had like these square, long, false nails that almost had like a French manicure look to them. But that I remember going to the nail salon with my sisters and um, getting that style. Getting the fakies. Yeah. I've got Paul sideways revolver holding the gun that's that's very 90s the old school soap in the hospital bathroom if you saw on the wall do you remember i remember this in my elementary school where like the soap dispenser you had to push up in order to get the soap out and sometimes it was powdered 
Sometimes it was mostly powdered that mm. way, but that dispenser like took me back to my elementary school days at Did you Homestead go to Wakefield. Oh, what's up, Kevin? Did you go to homeschool to school in a prison? No, Daniel. That was at the hospital. Oh, um, I've got Paul in the phone booth. Yep, and then. Matt looking for a phone book in order to find Paul's number or in order to find an attorney. It's all, it's all about the phone, huh? All about the phone. But it is all about those see-through tiles over at Mackenzie Hart. You know those tiles? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They're like, they would use them as like wall partitions or like they would put like a crafty little window in the middle of a wall where it's like you can't really see through them, but you can see like make out images behind them. Yeah. They are so like, that's even like an 80s throwback. Yeah. I agree. I hate that, the look of that. Mm. All these episodes have a lesson. Jenny, what, what do you take away from this episode? From this, disregard your attorney's advice. You want to take things into your own hands. You want to be a vigilante. You want to get yourself off of a murder charge. You got to go out there, corner that person, entrap them, and then risk your life and only have them to die by su- police suicide, basically. Nice. Um, my lesson is if you think that your man is like not feeling you, and is getting kind of sick of you and, and doesn't want to do what you want, just go to him butt naked with a jacket mm. and then drop it. And then I will keep that in mind. And then do it to him. Because I'm pretty sure in that moment you will probably get whatever you want. Now it is time for... Bitch, Bitch of, of the Week! week. All right, guys, I would say last week normally, but we have been away for quite some time. Um, But last podcast, season four, episode two, it was Brooke versus Matt. And with a vote of 24 to three, a landslide victory, Jenny Brooke was the bitch of last week. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, sad. Yeah, sad. Yeah, we probably <laughs> Um, So let's read a couple of your comments. Now, I mean, I think the big thing that happened last episode was that Brooke was told um, ditch Billy. Right. For 100 Gs. Now, Scott says, as, mu- as much as I loved... Matt's gay rage shame. Hopefully he ends up in prison and it's an Oz-like spinoff. <laughs> I have to say, Brooke wins. There, There's not enough money in the world to make me want to marry Billy Campbell. She, she then destroys her future as a seeing eye dog and may be hot for daddy. Ick. Amanda says... I think Matt was pretty justified in telling Paul's potential new lady what's up. She could very well end up his next victim or the person he frames for the next crime. Mm -hmm. 
but the punching was definitely a bad call <laughs> considering his current circumstance. Sorry, Dan. Brooke gets my vote this week for her long con, all in the name of a pretty sad inheritance. Mm. Donald said, such a funny episode, guys. I was laughing until I had tears in my eyes. It was so funny. And the one thing I was laughing at was Dan's argument for Matt for the bitch of the week. I mean, come on, Dan. Paul killed his wife and framed Matt for it. I mean, you nominated him because he messed up Paul's date. I mean, come on. He basically stopped. Stalked and manipulated Matt for the sole purpose of framing him for his wife's murder. So he's not the bad person in the episode. But hilarious argument, Dan. Brooke is clearly the bitch of the week for so many reasons. She's so painfully annoying. And the fact that she married Billy was just for the sole purpose of getting money is kind of ridiculous because, well, it's Billy. I mean, I honestly did not understand the fight between Amanda and Allison over Billy. And now Brooke and Allison over Billy? Billy is not that attractive. And if I was fighting over him, I'd basically say you can have him. I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Mm -hmm. And how she acts when Allison has to go to the bathroom is completely ridiculous. She's acting like a child and she is so pathetic. But anyway, great episode, guys. It was so funny. Can't wait for the next one. Thanks, Donald. And I'm sorry it took you so long to get back to you. Jamie said, I definitely had to vote Brooke this week. She was definitely a pathetic bitch crying about being asked to help Allison. Then prematurely quitting her job and crawling back the next day just to get demoted. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Our friend Christina's throwing Daniel J. Hill a bone. Thanks, Christina. Viv says, happy holidays, Jenny and Dan. Oh, happy holidays. Thank you for another funny podcast episode. You two had me laughing in stitches on the last one. Anyway, that last one is the one we like couldn't keep it together. Was it the Timberlands? Yeah. <laughs> Got a little Timberlands. Got a little Timberlands. Oh, my God. Anyway, my decision for Bitch of the Week goes to Brooke, and I feel she's going to get more nominations. She deserves it for scheming to marry Billy in order to get the inheritance. Well, she got Billy to propose to her over an air hockey match. Brooke's behavior towards Allison was so petty and immature she'd rather have poor blind allison piss on herself than just swallow her pride and take the high road she was stupid to just quit D like that without a job lined up and bragging about she's gonna have a great deal of money coming in only to have her ass demoted with her arrogance and ten thousand dollar inheritance by the way Sorry about the typo of my response from last week's nominations. I meant to put that Jane and Richard were responsible for Mackenzie's mm, death. Yep, they are. Noah says, so as a general rule, Brooke should be the bitch of the week every week in season four. In the real world, her behavior toward Allison's disability would warrant a stern warning or even a dismissal. But can we give an honorary mention to Jake? He's his shitty attitude, drunken groping of all the women he slept with while working at the bar is not a good look. I think Dan's man crush on Jake may have crowd clouded his judgment and this one 
on this one, and that's why he nominated poor short-tempered Matt. <laughs> she d- that that is a very very good um, good point there. You don't mess with Jake. What I say? Uh, David says Brooke is the lunatic your mother always warned you about. <laughs> Nikki said, Brooke's obviously the dummy dumb bitch of this week. Why she picked Billy Campbell of all people to use to get her, quote, money is beyond me. Then quitting before she gets the money? She may as well have just bought a scratch off lotto ticket and quit her job and hope she wins. It's just as dumb, but now she's got to let Billy put it in her as well. Dumb and gross. I guess daddy needs a show though <laughs> very Ooh. true nikki heatherina says i always have to vote for matt because he's such an idiot <laughs> see i know he was framed but his behavior screams i'm crazy and i kill wives <laughs> also if i was an employee at wilshire memorial i would find it odd that paul is already looking for a date less than a week after his wife was murdered but then again, this is the same hospital that allows Matt, the social worker, to change blood tests, administer psych tests to physicians, and have unlimited access to patient files and records. So needless to say, the hospital staff probably didn't even notice. Probably not. And then Rodney, Dan, my man, you have, you have to stop getting caught up in these random things that bother you and play to win. <laughs> Matt is super aggressive this episode, but none of it is intentional. Brooke is being a calculated bitch to everyone around her in order to get her way. She only gets worse as the time goes on. Brooke all the way this week. Well... It was definitely broke all the way. Yay! So, Jenny, since you won, who do you got this week? Well, I kind of feel like this is a cop-out. I have to say it has been several weeks and I didn't even remember I picked Brooke last time, but I'm picking her again this time, guys. I'm sorry, but her bitchiness just could not be overlooked. I think that a lot of you have said that she's going to be the bitch for the remainder of the season. I totally see that as a very fair prediction. I mean, her threatening Allison, firstly, she basically broke into Jane's apartment. I mean, no one let her in. She just lets herself right in. Now, because of this whole trauma over at the apartment it's almost as if it's like free reign that people can come and go in other people's apartments as they wish there's no sense of privacy and the fact that she basically bullies her like a high school mean girl and then has the audacity to throw all the dishes off of the counter onto the ground dan as you mentioned those are jane's dishes What is up with her? And then the whole, this drawers off limits. Like, why? What are her intentions of trying to go through it and find some dirt? Because she is a scheming, conniving bitch. She's always looking for dirt on everybody to learn how she can use it against them in the future. And I think that out of all of the characters, she was definitely the bitch of this episode. All right. My bitch of the week oh God. is Dr. Calvin Hobbs. Oh, okay. How is this motherfucker going to roll in 
in his only scene, he's going to come in to a welcome back Matt party and then fire him. <laughs> that is the most bitchiest thing that you could do to somebody. The man just got off murder. Okay. He's a little happy. He's a little excited. Give him the day. You know, the cake is already out. The banners hung. You're just coming in there like the Grinch and stealing Christmas. You know, the guy is back. He's back. Let him be back for the day. Fire him tomorrow. Don't come to the party and fire the guy. I mean, he's had a lot to deal with. He's been taping tape recorders to his chest. (laughs) He's trying to find Paul at opportune times while he's in the bathroom washing his mouth vigorously. (laughs) (laughs) You're just a fucking bitch, Dr. Hobbs. Okay, guys. Only scene. (laughs) Guys, he made so much. He made so much out of his only scene in the episode. That's a bitch right there. You firing innocent men. Well, let's hear what you guys have to say. Go on Twitter, go on the grams, go on Facebook, vote. And let us know what you think. If you think that we overlooked somebody, a lot of people thought that we got it wrong last week, that Jake should have been nominated. If there's a character that stands out to you this week that we missed, you let us know. This episode was called Blind Ambition. Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, compared to Melrose's Like a Box of Chocolates. (laughs) pretty horrible i mean that's this is that is head and shoulders above that yeah um but mine's we can do gonna be pretty bad (laughs) oh mine's very bad (laughs) okay i'll go first mine is confess at death (laughs) what confess at death okay (laughs) mine is also matt and paul related okay give it to us it's an acronym Oh. <laughs> R.I.P.P. Rest in peace, Paul. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah, that is so clever. <laughs> you really, really racked your brain for that one. R.I.P.P. Cool. Well, I'm going to go with blind ambition. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, predictions. I think Matt may work at the loony bin. Wherever they th- or wherever they throw Kimberly, I like that. She has experience. Um, I think Allison definitely tells on Brooke that she got the the files, the Florida file, <laughs> and steals Billy away. I think Jane will be shitty to work for, just like Allison was shitty to work for. Remember when Allison was like the boss and oh, Joe was the photographer? How can I forget? Yeah, Jane's going to suck to work for. I think Sydney just needs a brand new storyline. Um, and will will Jake have sex with Shelly Hansen Duh. To, to get back at Jess? Oh! He's like, you got my girl. I'm going to get yours. <laughs> I don't know. I think that that's a great prediction. I, too, have that Jake's new sister-in-law is definitely going to intervene with his new relationship with Joe. How can it not? Um, I think that Jane and Richard are heading for Splitsville, but somehow she's going to trick him into signing over the whole company to her. 
And then she's going to be running Mackenzie Hart and she's going to push him out of there. I think that Amanda was married before and had to run away from an abusive ex mm. in Florida. And that explains the name change. And she like had to completely revamp her life. Maybe her dad was involved in like giving her a new identity. And I think that this ex-husband storyline could like make for future drama. Maybe Brooke looks into it, finds her ex-husband, and then like leads him to Amanda. Mm. I think that could be a really cool storyline. Uh, I think Allison does keep playing the blind card and wins Billy back. And I think that Matt's going to go back to his roots. I mean, is he going to go to a halfway house? Is he going to be helping people in that capacity? He was Abuela. really, into, yeah, <laughs> he was really into social work. So maybe, and, um, Kim and Mir, buddy, are not finished yet. Mm-mm. I think we got a couple more scenes, couple more apps with Mir, buddy, in it. Yeah, she is. She is Hannibal Lecter, nuts up <laughs> right now. It's crazy. I'm, I'm glad we're back. Uh, we got a new patron. Woo! Rachel C. Rachel C. You're she, the coolest. She became a patron in December, and then. Upped her pledge. Gotta so, love you. So not only became a patron, but now decided, is decided. You know what? Now it's contributing. The month more. that these guys take off three weeks, I'm gonna throw them a couple more yeah. votes. <laughs> well, trust me. After this trip, we appreciate it. Yeah, we <laughs> we need it. We broke. <laughs> Thank you so much. We really appreciate your contribution. It really helps us to continue on with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Rachel and everybody else that contributes to us monthly. Thank um, you so we much. We love man. you and we're just sending out love and light. And some buttons. Send, seriously, if you are a patron, send me DM us your address and um we'll send you. Um we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Melrose Pod. Hit us up there anytime you like. Our email is melrosepod at gmail.com. And you can go to patreon.com slash melrosepod and uh, contribute to the podcast if you feel like you want to. We love smut. And we love you. (laughs) 